Our gospel lesson for today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. Let us listen now for the word of God. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This week hasn't brought a whole lot of good news. And quite honestly, it wasn't a great one for me. I think we're all doing our best to move forward and embrace a hopeful outlook for the months ahead. But at least for me, it often seems that the reality we are faced with is grim at best for the foreseeable future. And honestly, I feel like I've run out of things to say. I haven't been up to anything. I don't have any new news. And quite frankly, I'm exhausted, just like everyone else, from the collective stress and trauma that has been felt in this state, in this country, and in this world in such a short amount of time. And these feelings of frustration and exhaustion create a tension for me. Because while I don't wish to be naive to the harshness of our reality, there is good news and hope all around us. And I also recognize that as a church, we're still celebrating Easter. We are still basking in the joy of the resurrection. So there's this tension. Tension between feelings of lament feelings of hope, and a desire for more. And I was drawn to our psalm for today for this very reason. It's full of these kinds of tensions. The psalmist cycles through asking God for help, communicating praise and confidence in God, and expressing their feelings of lament. And I feel that. When I read or hear Psalm 31, I imagine something like this. I see the psalmist inside a tent deep in the wilderness. It's dark, it's storming, and the only thing protecting this person is their tent. I imagine the glowing light of a single lamp from within the tent. And I imagine the psalmist is both thankful for the protection of the tent, but also worried that it might not be enough. 
In my mind, the prayer goes something like this. God, I need you. Hear me. Be my refuge. And I know that you're my refuge, but I've gotten myself into this mess. You are my refuge, but I still need your help. I have to hand this over to you. And God, I do trust you. I'll always rejoice in your constant love because I know that things could be worse. You've saved me time and again. But right now, I'm really struggling, emotionally and physically. I'm embarrassed and I worry about what people think of me. I feel lifeless, broken. I mean, I trust you. You are my God. And I really need you right now. I need to feel your steadfast love. This prayer feels so real to me. The psalm doesn't follow a typical structure pattern like most psalms. It wavers back and forth between petition, confidence, and lament. There is tension between the harshness of the psalmist's reality and their desire to hope and trust in God. In our gospel lesson, we find tension too. Jesus opens with, do not let your hearts be troubled. He says this because they are clearly troubled. Immediately before this, Jesus has just revealed to his disciples that they will betray him. Jesus is attempting to prepare them for his crucifixion and death. And not only is it disturbing, Jesus' words for the disciples are confusing. Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. The disciples are disheartened and confused. And to be honest, I take some comfort in the tension that we find in these scriptures because I feel it here and now. And I know in these scriptures that I'm not alone. I feel assured and comforted knowing that my confused and anxiety-ridden feelings and prayers are mirrored in the scriptures. Our psalm embraces the tension. In his commentary on Psalm 31, David Dark reminds us that this psalm instructs us in both affirming more than we feel and praying our way toward hope without lying. In other words, It teaches us to express our confidence in God even when we're not feeling confident. It teaches us to pray with the anticipation of hope without compromising how we're actually feeling. Through the doubts and the lament and the tension in this prayer, the psalmist circles back time and again to God's steadfast love. It's assurance that God is with us even when we are tangled in the tensions we feel. 
The psalm doesn't discard these tensions, but it does ground us in love. Our gospel lesson offers us assurance too. Jesus assures us and gives us an action item. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe. Easier said than done, right? Well, when Jesus tells the disciples to believe, he's doing more than just telling them to make a choice or take a stance in a belief. When Jesus tells the disciples to believe, he's telling them to hold God close, to enter into a journey with God. He assures the disciples that they are in this with him and with God for the long run, for eternity. Jesus says, my father's house has room to spare. When I go to prepare a place for you, I will return and take you to be with me so that where I am, you will be too. You know the way to the place I am going. And while this is reassuring, it also is reasonably confusing for the disciples. Thomas, not shy of questions, admits that they don't know where Jesus is going, so how in the world could they know the way? And I imagine Jesus placing a hand on Thomas's shoulder and offering a reassuring smile. You know the way. I am the way. You know me. And if you know me, you know God. You are grounded in God's steadfast love because everything I have done and taught you points to this. You have known God because you know me. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I am offering you the promise of life, and this gift of life is for now and for eternity. In a world of bad news, God is steadfast. When we've run out of things to say, God is steadfast. When we are tangled in tensions, God is steadfast and we are grounded in God's steadfast love. So for me, I am both reassured and directed by our scriptures. I am reassured that it is okay to feel like a mess, that it is okay to just sit with my feelings, whatever they are. I am reassured that even when I am hard on myself and on others, Jesus' message is one of compassion. This message of compassion directs me. Christ says, believe. Hold God close. Rest your spirit in God's hand. When the storm has engulfed our tent, when the world seems to be falling apart around us, we can remember the compassion of Christ. It's compassion that healed and moved and loved. 
when we believe, we hold God close and rest our spirit in God. It may not change our reality, but it will change our life. God knows that we don't always see the way. And God remains steadfast. When we don't know the way, Christ leads us. And even in the muck and mess of our reality, Dark reminds us that as we commit our spirits to the not-yet-seen ends of a never-not-redeeming God, we strain and exult, complain and hope, worry and celebrate, through and within the prayers Jesus learned and repeated, tensions included. We might be tangled in tensions, but we are grounded in God's steadfast love. O oh Lord, faithful God, into your hand we commit our spirit. You have redeemed us. Amen. <laughs>